Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. With all of the uncertainty in our world, Psalm 146 makes the promise to us that the Lord will reign forever. That's good news. Our role is to serve and wait faithfully for Jesus until He returns. But such waiting is not dull or tedious. It is a life full of adventure and excitement. If you're willing to jump in, it is a life of Jesus picking you up when you get knocked down. It's a life of being happy and hopeful in the best and worst of times. This is a new way of living that Jesus invites you to today. If you're looking for a new way of seeing life, let's join Pastor Jim for the conclusion of his message, Happy and Hopeful. God is active. He is helping you. He's not inactive. He's not like, hey, I wonder what's going on with Jim down there. You okay, buddy? Why do you tell me? No, no, he knows. To, To be happy, to be blessed is to realize that God is caring. He is not uncaring. Even when it seems like he's uncaring or inactive, he is caring. He cares. He's not uncaring. And it's important to see that here in verse 5, God is both our help and our hope. And very different than finite leaders, most of them are about their own agenda. But God knows that being our help and our hope is something that will actually help to make us happy in him. The Lord's agenda is a lot of different things, but one thing it is, it's, it's loving his people. It's showing his people grace. It's showing his people mercy. It's providing his people hope in the midst of great despair. The Lord is so loving and so faithful, he even helped and kept his promises to that deceiver, Jacob. Then you might want to just write down and In the margin of your Bible, see Genesis 28. Now, I love the fact that he uses the old name here, who he used to be. So he's like, listen, you could be messed up. And if you want want to be, he he took his name from Jacob, he changed it to Israel. And I like it. He says, you could be messed up, but if you want to be happy, you, you you will find happiness by asking the God of Jacob for help. You will find happiness when that God is your hope. Even the messed up guy found this way. He found this path. When Jacob was on the run, the Lord met him in a dream. When he was was not living the way he probably should have, God said, listen, man, I'm going to bless the earth through you. He says, I'm going to be with you. I'm never going to leave you. Now, If you feel today like you're this cosmic screw-up, I hope that gives you great confidence. That Lord, the Lord says, listen, I'm not done with you. There's still a lot of work to be done in all of us, but but I'm gonna bless people through you because I'm gonna be with you and I'm not gonna leave you. And people are going to begin to see the change in you. And they're gonna praise God for it. Did you know that one of the greatest gifts that you and I can give others in our church and in our circle of friends is to be growing in our faith. When when we see people, when I see people growing in their faith, 
It is so exciting to me. It is so good for my soul. It is so good for my heart. And this guy who, who lied, cheated, he did all kinds of stuff. His family become the 12 tribes of Israel. And one day, centuries later, a young woman from his family line would have a baby and they would call his name Jesus for he would save his people from their sins. You see, the Lord helped Jacob. The Lord transformed Jacob and he will help you too. He helped Jacob to be happy in the sense of knowing the presence of God. And he will do that for you too when he is your help. This is the way to experience the Lord as your present help and your eternal hope. It's the way to enjoy the God of the present, the past, the present, and the future But the way for that to happen is first, he has to become your God. You have to put your trust in his provision for the forgiveness of your sins and eternal life, his son, the Lord Jesus. And the psalmists are just, they're written hundreds of years before Jesus. They're just looking forward to that day. How is an Old Testament saint saved? They look forward to the coming Messiah. What's a New Testament saint? A saint is anybody who's put their trust in God. They looked ahead. We're looking in the rearview mirror at what Jesus has already done. So in verses 6 and 7, the psalmist gives us four reasons why we can be happy and hopeful in the Lord. Each begins with the word who. Let's look at verse six first. He says, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever. Another version says, who is faithful forever. So first the psalmist says, our hope is in the eternal creator God, who is number two, always faithful and therefore always available to help. I wonder if we think about that enough. Do we really think about that enough? A lot of times in Christianity, and we we think of, of being saved. If you don't know what that means, it means that you put your trust in Jesus. He no longer counts you. God no longer counts your sins against you. He counts them against Jesus and he counts Jesus perfect righteousness as if it's credited to it is credited to your account. And so we think that God saves us he, he gives us the forgiveness of sins. He gives us eternal life, but he also helps us now. He is always helping us now. No matter what we're doing, he is helping us now. And we've said this before. I think this is one of the dangers in the church that we have an overemphasis on decisions for Christ. It's good to make decisions for Christ, but we are to be really focused on what Jesus said is making disciples of Christ. Because if we're only focused on decisions and not discipleship, that explains why so many people fall away. Well, I did what the guy said. I went to the front. I prayed the prayer. I asked Jesus into my heart and my life was a calamity. 
What's going on? That's why you'll notice that when we come, the way we do it here is we teach the word of God. What are we doing? We're teaching you about God. We're teaching you the way he operates and we're teaching you the way that, and I'm learning all the time, that, that the way God wants us to respond to him. What is that? That's discipleship. Learning how to walk with God as we're learning about God, being loved by him and loving in return. What is that? That is discipleship. So you see, if you make a decision for something, it's almost like, it's almost like oh, it comes with a, a 30-day guarantee or a 90-day guarantee. If it doesn't work out for you, you can return it. No questions asked. That's not what we want it to be. We want it to be like a good marriage. When things are going bad, a good marriage doesn't say, how am I going to get out of this? It says, how am I going to get through this? A good marriage says, well, I'm not going to leave my spouse over this. I love them. The same thing is true in discipleship. We're learning so much about God. We're falling deeper and deeper in love with the God who loved us so much that he gave his own son to die on the cross for us. And something wrong goes wrong. Life just goes sideways. So I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me. And I think... Why do I bother? And then I say, Lord, I'm sorry. I can't leave you. I can't because you love me so much. I just can't do it. And if you're not there, that's what discipleship is about. Not a bunch of self-help sermons. Not a bunch of everything has to go great all the time. It's being not dug so deep that no matter what happens, and this is the transition we're going to see that, that Habakkuk makes this weekend, that you're so deep in God. Remember we said this weekend that you can't lose him and he can't lose you. You just get to that place. This is going onward in our faith is what we call the doctrine of the perseverance of the faith. You know, it's actually one of perseverance of the saints. It's also called, it's, it's one of the few things I think theologians really can actually come together on. And, and I believe with all of my heart that it's God who keeps his children. I, I, I make no, I have no the thing about me that I think like, oh, I'm, well, I'm doing the right thing and, and God is doing that. Even, even when I say, God, I love you too much to leave you, I know that's the grace of God operating in my life. But I will tell you this, loved ones, I'm learning and I've learned and I continue to learn that we persevere in God when we are keenly aware that the Lord is persevering with us. You might want to write that down. We persevere with God when we are keenly aware that he is persevering with us. We persevere with God when we know that we are Jacob who's going to become Israel. We know that we persevere with God that though we're, we're kind of messed up now, but we're, we're moving onward in grace towards being the person that God has for us to be. Verse seven. Verse seven, I want to read it twice. It means a lot of interruptions. Who executes judgment. Remember, we're going the who's and the reasons to be happy and hopeful. First one, God made heaven and earth. Second, he's faithful forever. Third, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. And then we'll stop right there. The, the rest of the verse says the Lord gives freedom to the prisoner. So he executes justice for the oppressed. Now, justice is a big topic in our day. But the reality is that only God can execute true and pure justice. And note this, don't, don't, 
Don't get this one wrong. No matter what it looks like now, the Lord sides with the truly oppressed, not with the crooked and powerful. The Lord will not die like men, nor will the Lord's plans die. And so the psalmist wants us to see that choosing him should be the obvious choice. He says, who gives food to the hungry? So it's God who provides food for the planet. In the Psalms, it talks about that, how, how God has this total plan of just bringing food to the planet. You know, it rains and all the way he does everything. And the planet has a lot of food. We just have a distribution problem. In verse 7 ends, he gives more uh, of the acts of the Lord who helps it. Maybe this could belong in a different, in, in verse 8. But it says, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. Verse 8, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. Now, let's go back, you know, well over 2,000 years ago, 2,500 years ago, 3,000 years ago, and let's think how they would think about this. They would say that the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. Now, we think of ourselves as being prisoners of sin or an addiction or something like that, but there were many people who were, who were in debtor's prison, who were, who were imprisoned wrongly. He says, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. We take glasses for granted, don't we? I mean, just just try a day if you wear glasses, living without your glasses. And that's what it was like for people a, a long time ago. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. Doing such heavy, common labor all day could kind of hunch you over. That's why a lot of us have bad backs who did a lot of labor at a point in our lives or maybe still doing it now. It could be talking about slaves, those who are bowed down. It could be talking about people who are discouraged, people who are in need of hope. The Lord loves the righteous. Now, you're like, why would he say that? Because the righteous often have a very tough time in this world. When you want to live for God, you're going to suffer ridicule. When, when you live for God, there's going to be people who are going to sometimes make your life miserable. You may lose your job over it. Verse 9, the Lord watches over the strangers. The Lord watches over who? People who are easily exploited. People who are easily exploited. It's like the guy's waiting at the bus station or the train station. It's like, hey, come here, let me tell you what's going on in New York or something like that. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. Those were among the most vulnerable people in the ancient world. But, but, the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. Oh, they, they, they'll have their day right now, maybe. But, but another version says he frustrates them. Another version says he will bring them to ruin. Now, many people think they're quoting the Bible when they say this, God helps those who help themselves. Ever anybody quote that Bible verse to you? Just If you do, just say, could you do me a favor and find that one? Uh, because that's not in the Bible. Uh, that doesn't mean we're idle. There's some things that we have to do. But, but I think it's more accurate if you want to try and somehow rearrange the wording uh, to say that the Lord helps those who cannot help themselves. 
So you, we, we saw when we studied the Proverbs years ago that, that laziness is a bad thing. But so is not helping people who can't help themselves. Not only that, he says that the Lord will frustrate the, the plans of the wicked. It, it, it's going to take time, but he's going to do that. And, and, and while it may not appear obvious here, the, the salvation and judgment theme of the word of God is right here. How is it here? God is going to help the righteous. And he's going to save the righteous. Those who have identified with his Messiah. And he's going to punish the wicked. So verse 10, the psalm ends with a reason for praise and trust. A a reason for all of us to rejoice and sing. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So here is the promise of the great king. He shall reign forever. So what happens? The true people of God faithfully wait for the faithful king. That's the way we live. And we can still enjoy him now as we wait for him. We wait for his perfect kingdom to come. And we actually got a little glimpse of it or a big glimpse of it, depending upon how uh, you know, your soul is, is growing, your spirit's growing. We got a glimpse of it when King Jesus, God became a man, came to earth. And though the Psalms in the Old Testament was written hundreds of years before Jesus came, there was tons of promises of the Messiah. And God was faithful to keep his promises of the Messiah. And and interesting how Jesus was so consistent with the Old Testament. How often people say, I don't want any part of the Old Testament, but Jesus was so consistent with it, and he preached out of it so often. You know, we, we just are talking about how God would take care of us as long as we put our hope in him. What did Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount? Don't worry. Your heavenly father, man, he... He knows what you need. Look at the birds. I mean, he takes care of them. He'll meet your needs. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things that you need will be added to you as well. When John the Baptist was in prison, he he wondered if Jesus was indeed the Messiah. And so he sent two of his disciples, followers of John the Baptist, uh, to Jesus to ask. And this was the question John the Baptist had. He wanted to know, are you the coming one? Are you the one who is to come? Are you the one that that the the Bible writers of the Hebrew scriptures and the prophets and the psalmists and and Moses and and all these great writers and King David, are you you the one that, that they were speaking of? Jesus said this, does these words remind you of the psalm we just read, Matthew 11, 4 and 5? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. Jesus says, go back to prison and tell him. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, if you know your Bible, you you know that 
John the Baptist was beheaded in earthly terms. John was not a prisoner set free. Oh, but our brother John is free now. He is freer than he could have ever been on earth. And so why do people who love Jesus, why, why, why did they die? Why are they now with God? That's because there's still much kingdom work to be done. That work is to be done in what we call the last days, the time in between his first coming and his second coming. Who is that work to be done by? Well, right now, it's to be done by you. It's to be done by me. It's to be done by the church. I've heard from a lot of moms that, that, like, man, this time with my kids cooped up has been really, really rough. Oh, sisters, let me tell you, you're doing kingdom work. You are doing kingdom work. Disciple those little ones. Teach them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. We are, as the church, we are to invite people into our praise. We're not, we're not, we don't want people coming into our church services going, oh, it's a concert. Everybody's standing. Some people are sitting and they're watching the guy on the stage. Oh, look, they have the lyrics for us. Why do they have the lyrics for us? Nobody's singing. We don't want to be that. We want to be the people who they're looking at us and they're going, what is going on with these people? It's like they really believe what they're singing We want to invite them into our praise. The psalmist tonight has invited us into his praise. We want to invite people into our praise. We want to invite people to put their trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. We want to teach them that he's at work in their lives even now, no matter how things are going. And then what do we want to do? We want to send them to tell others. We, want to, we don't want to stop their excitement. We want to help put gasoline on the fire of their excitement. We are to go out and to explain to a lost and hurting world how we can be happy and hopeful in the midst of incredible difficult times. Perhaps tonight, you are in the modern sense a prisoner to something. Jesus wants to set you free. Perhaps when it comes to God, you have been blind and and you need to see. Jesus wants to open your eyes and help you see who he is. Now, listen, really, people say, well, if I could see, I could believe. but, But we know that it's really we believe, we trust, and then we see. Perhaps you're knocked down tonight. Perhaps you're oppressed And you need Jesus to lift you up. Today, Jesus extends that hand to you and he calls you to trust him no matter what's going on. But most of all, verse 8 says, the Lord loves the righteous. The Lord has a special love in his heart for all those who turn from going their own way and turn to him and put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3 said, Do not put your trust in princes, nor a son of man, talking about mere humans, a son of man in whom there is no help. But centuries later, 
Not a son of man would come along. The son of man would come along. His name, Jesus Christ, the righteous, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Glory himself came down the stairway of heaven to this world to walk among us. Love walked among us. And he is the only one who can provide salvation and true hope and true help. Verse five said, happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. Let me ask you, friend, do you want that happiness? Do you want that hope? Do you want that glorious presence? And do you want that glorious future? If yes, tonight, either for the first time or once again, put your trust in the Lord Jesus and lead a life of praise and lead a life of trust and you will be the blessed man and the blessed woman. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.